Hello everyone, Frank and Darren here again, and I'm going to say it, the Slaughterland Movie Podcast. And we're continuing with, of course, the franchise of Friday the 13th, with the best and worst of Friday the 13th Part 5. A new beginning. Jason is back. Sort of. Darren, were you actually like confused by this movie when he got to the end? A year after part four came out and I opened the newspaper and there was an advert for, for part five, which was weird. It kind of had this somebody in like a bizarre hat holding a long machete. I don't know what that picture who who is that in that I don't picture? Know. <laughs> I don't know. Why. Dr. Wynn? Is it, is it Tommy? I don't know. I, I can never is it Jason? I I've no idea. Um yeah, I when I saw that a new beginning, and I was thinking, "Wow, I thought they'd finished Friday the Thirteenth, but no, apparently not." And we get this new story, which, as I said at the end of our last episode, there goes my cat. This feels like a really kind of confused entry that um, it's just not as well made as any of the other um, parts. I don't think no. it actually has aged more than. I guess a lot of the movies in the franchise, particularly because of the way that it's shot, particularly those, and and somebody in our comments mentioned it um, uh, a couple of days ago, those kind of fast zooms that, are, that happen as, as, as people are being killed. Let's go! So yeah, so it's a, it's a really kind of confusing entry that um, was disappointing, I think, when the reveal came along. I think, well, it, I think as a young kid, I didn't guess who it was because I was only 10 or 11 years old. But nowadays, it's blatantly obvious who it is all the way through. Um, but to, to learn that it wasn't Jason, I think, was a bit of a kind of, you know, a bit of a blow. And I was confused also by Tommy. Um, it's like every time he's standing next to a microwave, he had uh, hallucination, hallucinations, you know, it was just... Like Eddie, when he started freaking out, he's like only in this this movie like four scenes, right, or something like that. When he, when he arrives, when he beats the shit out of uh, of the girl's boyfriend for you know pissing him off, the trailer park, and uh, at the end, yeah, um, yeah. and and yeah, and he's and you hear he's 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 freaking out. He's a pill pusher. He, he's on oxy, and yeah, someone who turns on their microwave, he hallucinates and pisses himself. <laughs> weird it's just weird and all you see is hands hands we saw jason right away and yeah but i I was confused by it for a little bit until we get to the end but i could see why people have uh, an affection for this movie just because of the kills or just because as our friend dave and tony would say it's a good slasher it's a good slasher movie um and of course yeah i don't i you know having watched it a few times over the last year or two we've done two dudes and some bullshit episodes on it and dave's done watch alongs and this that and the other i don't remember it i i enjoyed it more than what i thought i would (laughs) i didn't think it was as bad as i remembered but um yeah let's 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 do this so your best character 
Oh, my best character is Ethel. Really? I love, I love and adore Ethel. <laughs> I love Ethel. I don't care. I, 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 I think she's sassy. She's ballsy. Um, she's the only thing in this movie that makes me laugh. Um, her, her, her son is just a dope. Uh, she has to put up with. Uh, he calls him a big dildo at one point. Um, but every time he she is on screen, I chuckle and it makes me feel good. And I, I, if I could, I would send her a Valentine. I love Ethel. <laughs> okay. Um, and her stew. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's oh god, <laughs> and it's a really weird relationship that she has with her son as well because they look about the same age, don't they? It's just weird. I, I, anyway, there's no bathtub best... or shower in sight. No, no, no. My best character is is young Reggie, um, and ha- having seen this on release, there was always something relatable, as I said before, to the kids in the franchise for me, because I was always around the same age myself, that kind of sort of 10, 11, 12, 13, so I kind of grew up with this with this franchise. And Reggie, I think he, he plays, he's kind of like a young Kevin Hart to me. Um, I think he plays that role really well. I think his performance is great. I love watching him at the end. We'll go on to that later on, but when he's mm-hmm. driving that tractor, it just makes me laugh so much. Um, but yeah, Reg- a great scream. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Reggie for me is another one of the kind of Friday the Thirteenth alum that was kind of relatable and that I could connect with, and um, made these movies feel like they were accessible to me because I was the same age. Um, so yeah, Reggie, you scared of spiders? <laughs> Are you scared of spiders on string? You are one scared cat. <laughs> He's good. Yo, man. He's good. <laughs> uh, my worst character is any person with the job of an EMT or a male nurse. <laughs> you have what Roy's partner. Oh, you have Roy's partner, um, who's is just kind of like laughing at everyone's misfortune. Uh, come on, Roy. Get your fingers dirty. <laughs> you know, not knowing that's his own son, Joey. Son, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ground. Uh, the, the reason why the, the you know the bastard died, and then um, you have Billy. You know, who's a coked up in charge of lunatics. This guy's <laughs> in charge of lunatics, and he's uh, he's on coke. Yeah, he, yeah. You know, banging banging waitresses. Uh, <laughs> and of course, you don't see his kill right away because you know in the in this uh, movie, a lot of the kills are either recycled or off screen. Uh, yeah. But he looks like the guy who is uh, who used to do the commercials for Micro Machines. This is the Micro Machine Man presenting the most midget miniature motorcade of Micro Machines. Each one has dramatic details, terrific trim, precision paint jobs, plus incredible Micro Machine pocket playsets. You know, just talked. He would just talk really fast, <laughs> and he looked like the guy who would sell the Micro Machines, which are little tiny cars. In the, in yeah, the yeah, I remember the Micro Machines. Oh, but okay. So, uh, your worst character. So, my worst character is 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 Junior Ethel's kind of man-child son, and husband. Is it? What well, it's not? It, it looks old. No, but she, husband, it's it's backcountry. It's woods. Oh, You're alone. And, and one thing about Ethel as well: her fingers are nastier than Jason's. Those yes. nails that you see. <laughs> she's pulling her. She's she's making your stew and crushing those tomatoes. Oh dear, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, he's such a... I mean, I don't know what they were going for in terms of the humour in this film, because it's, like I said before, it's almost like a spoof in parts. Mm-hmm. And that particular character, Junior, he reminds me of almost like... Um, they could have had Randy Quaid play him. He was that type, <laughs> wasn't he? <laughs> he was a cross between Cousin Eddie... And the guy Randy Quaid plays in um, in Independence Day. I'm back. He's like um, hills have eyes. That that family. Yeah, it's just weird. And he, I mean, the de- his death sequence was, <laughs> I guess, fun. Um, but he yeah. spent a lot of money on it. <laughs> Does does Ethel even look old enough to be his mom? That's that's what I ask myself all the time. Um, but yeah, that that's, that character's so annoying, and you know every scene that the, the two of them are in, it just jars with me. I know you find it funny, but um, unfortunately for me, it's just fucking annoying. <laughs> what what part of Junior do you think it is? Do you think it's the one where he's repeating after his mom, the part where Tommy he gets the shit kicked out of him? Or the part where he's running around on the bike, which I find that's the most annoying thing about him. Yeah, that's <laughs> But the moment when he first comes into it um, at, at the start of the movie, and he's kind of um, he says something. He's trying to be a bit, a bit do a few wisecracks or something, and his mom. You just tell him, ma. Yeah, he just kind of puts. She puts him down straight away, doesn't she, in front of everybody, and that leads us on to the worst line in a little bit but first off your best line in this movie my best my (laughs) best line is from ethel (laughs) go on and that is when the uh, vagrant or the homeless man shows up to the door for the first time and she thinks it was like either a coyote or fox is going after her chickens and he shows up right to the door yes ethel has her shotgun and goes shit who Who the fuck are you what the fuck fuck do you want And he says, I haven't had a meal in two days, man. I'm looking to earn, you know, myself a meal. Something See, like I that. See, I kind of liked this character. I thought he was kind of, you know, it, it was a, a level-headed guy that they brought into the film. And she goes, yeah. We'll go, up, uh, go into the chicken coop, clean up that shit, and put it behind the shed. And then maybe <laughs> I'll fill your belly. Ooh, that's an ugly man. <laughs> <laughs> Everything she says is hilarious. Don't touch me, sheriff. You got a bomb on me. <laughs> Call, uh, you know, calling her son a dildo and everything. It was, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I personally, my favorite. I mean, because my favorite character is Reggie in it. Then for me, he holds all the best lines. And mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned before the spider one and. Um, and I think there's great chemistry with him as well when his brother comes into it, um, who's the guy from Return of the Living Dead, isn't he? There's two alum in here. There's two alum. Victor. Oh, right. Okay. So I, how many? So how many people from Return of the Living Dead are in it? Yeah, just two. Vic, uh, Victor and uh, Demon. Um, I, I, I think your best line would be uh, "Damn enchiladas." <laughs> If they're comical lines in this movie, though, that's what yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't sit with me right with this. With it, being it didn't a, sit with Demon either, t- <laughs> <laughs> right? Either 
It's supposed to be a slasher film. It's we're supposed to be kind of scared by it, but I don't think there's any moment within this film where it is particularly scary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just uh, it's like they didn't know what to do with it, and so they tried to take it in a different direction. You know, both with who the killer was and also with the tone of the film, and it just for me just doesn't work at all. Yeah, um, my worst line. Uh, it's, 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 it's like they're all of them. It's, it's, it's uh, but I think my, uh, my worst line it always bothers me is coming from Joey, which sets you know Vic off, and that is, um, well, if that's the way you feel, then just forget it. I have to tell you, you're way out of line. Something like that, and then he, and then all of a sudden he gets an axe in the back. All because, you know, Vic told me alone, I have an axe, and, you know, fuck your candy bar. I don't want it. Leave me alone. If that's how you like it, Vic, then just forget it. Yeah, it's way out of line. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to do much to get hacked up, does he, really? No, no. You know, and his kid's obviously got some sort of, you know, developmental issues as well. But he's a good Uh, kid. He's he's a good kid, and, and... and this whole uh, this whole place that they're sent to is just to make sure they are ready to go back into society. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, apparently, there's a little bit too much freedom in that place. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, your your worst line. My worst line is, and you've mentioned it a few times now, is when Ethel turns around to to, to Junior and says, "You big dildo, eat your fucking slop." That's a terrific line. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, if you think that's a terrific line, please put your comment. It's poetry. <laughs> that is Shakespeare right there. <laughs> but there's also one other line as well that made me laugh when I was watching it today, and it's, the, it's the, that sex scene out in the woods between Deborah Voorhees um, and her um, boyfriend, Eddie, is it? Eddie, Eddie, Eddie yep. Tina Eddie. and Eddie, Tina and Eddie. And they finish having sex, and he turns around to her and says, uh, "I gotta go wash up. Wash up? Is that what you call it now?" And he goes down to the river, dunks his bits in the river, and then comes back. <laughs> that contaminated water. Oh. <laughs> and they bottle that stuff. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Ethel's probably taking a shit in it. <laughs> That's their toilet, for Christ's sake! Oh, dear. Uh, um, all right, your best kill. Uh, my best kill is uh, Tina and Eddie. I think that sequence is really is probably the best, one of the best sequences in the film. I agree with you. Um, it, again, it's a shame that it kind of fell foul to the MPAA when it was first released. Um, but the, the, you don't really need to see the Shears scene to know how fucking horrible it is. And especially when he kind of pushes together the Shears so you know that that bone there has just been completely Pratt. severed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then it goes on to a kind of even sort of grosser moment where the guy gets the, 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 the his belt round his head and it's tightened up and his skull's crooked. And I think that's the moment that we did get that, that was quite heavily censored, if I remember rightly. There are kind of, um, I think there are clips on YouTube of the actual, the uncensored version, aren't they? Mm-hmm. 
it, 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 although it's quite heavily cut, it's it's still equally as brutal. I think um, both those kills together are, are my best kills in the film. I agree with you one hundred percent. Just because of the feeling I felt with Tina getting the the, the garden shears, because uh, you can see it go down and then the pressure being closed together yeah, or yeah. opened. Uh, and then also seeing, you know, Eddie bleeding as that thing's getting tightened. There's a, some weird thing about this movie. It's it's focused on eyes a lot. A lot of <laughs> eyes and a lot of stomachs. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. uh, you and I were talking uh, before we started recording that it seems like they recycled a lot of the kills because there wasn't the there was no Tom Savini budget in this. They did sort of... This goes into my worst kills part, so we may as well talk about it now. Yep. But um, many of them are, are, are just totally off screen or below, you know, the camera, um, and or or even obscured by something. Um, I don't know whether they ran into huge problems with the MPAA. I'm not sure. Obviously, they did with the Tina and Eddie kill, but as for the others, I don't know whether they were supposedly whether whether, whether they were purposefully more subtle. Um, but they seem to rely on a lot of crunching and squelching sound effects. A lot of um, letters being crushed. Yeah, yeah, rather than actually showing you what's going on. Um, so it's a real shame if if they did kind of fall foul to the to the to the ratings board on this one, because it pr- is probably the only thing that the movie has going for it. Really, are, are the, the, the kills, and they're amongst the worst in the fa- franchise and for the most part. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100. Um, percent Especially uh, Billy and Roy's partner, uh, because you, you see what's going to happen. Except for you know the EMT, which you just open up the door and is is like okay, just put ketchup on his uh, <laughs> on his throat and just leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, even with Ethel's kill, with with the meat cleaver. Uh, going into because when Ethel dies you see you hear the door opening for some reason and then his hand comes through the window yeah, yeah. and yeah, then I don't know whether it, it's kind of throwing you off the scent or what but there seems to be more emphasis on her crushing tomatoes than there, there is on her actually dying you would think though if she's standing if if her head fell into that stew it would fall unless that pot <laughs> is so heavy to hold her up by her chin and the one thing, I, you know someone's going to die when they do this. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. Um, so any it kill that involves is, is, is just worthless to me. Your best moment. Best moment in the film. I think, as with a lot of the Friday films, it's kind of the final showdown. I think mm-hmm. that's what kind of saves the movie. Um, again, it's kind of, you know, we've seen it all before. It's in a barn or the outskirts of a barn. Um, but what makes it, you know, along with Friday the 13th Part 4, what makes it more kind of relatable and tense is the fact that there's a child involved with all this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, bless him, Reggie has one of my favorite moments as a kid uh, when he comes driving in on that tractor or the digger or whatever it is that he comes... <laughs> He Dozer, whatever. bulldozer that he goes hurtling towards Jason uh, with or Roy um, and the moment when it connects with him and hits him in the stomach I always thought was 
looked so realistic and so painful when I was you a kid. You feel it, yeah. You really feel that thud as it as it hits him in the chest. Um, and I, yeah, for me, that's that whole sequence there, leading up to Ray getting impaled, is is the best are the best moments of the film. It does feel like, for once in the movie, a Friday the Thirteenth movie during those those kind of last sort of ten minutes or so. Uh, for me, it would be Tommy's dream suite sequence after the movie's almost over. Uh, he has that dream where he's killing Pam, and then he wakes up. It's completely dark in his room, and then he looks straight to the camera, or close to it, takes this deep breath, and then he sees Jason, the actual Jason in his mind, and what he yeah, used to yeah. look like in the previous movie. And then he just just gets enough... I guess, courage to stand up to him. And he's like, I'm not going to let you run my life anymore. He disappears. But why does he have the hockey mask in his damn drawer next to the Bible? I don't know. <laughs> they didn't leave him any pants or underwear. They just left him the yeah, mask. <laughs> it's kind of, I don't know, there are parts of the ending to this film that feel like Halloween 4 stole from them in some mm. ways. I don't know. It's just... It's just a bizarre... They're always trying to do these kind of little kind of epilogues at the end, don't they, in Friday the 13th? They can never just end the film, you know, on a kind of, you know, just leave you wondering or anything like that. They always have to kind of do these little tag-on moments which are supposed to sort of, I don't know, gear us up for for a new episode. But they never sort of worked. Do you know what I mean? The, The kind of... Right from the first film, man, we didn't find any boy. Um, through to the second film, with what the hell was going on in that little epilogue, I've no idea because I had no idea who got killed, um, and we didn't find out until the third one. Mm-hmm. At the end of the third film, you get Jason's mom jumping out of the water, daft. Um, and then part four, I guess, was Tommy oh, going crazy. <laughs> Tommy going crazy at the end. So. You know, you have to wonder whether um, the end of Halloween 4 was kind of um, the the writers and and, and directors looking at these Friday the 13th films and taking a little bit of inspiration. I'm not saying it's a direct copy, but there's elements of what happens in the Friday films in Halloween 4, I think, and Halloween 5, sorry. The only thing I was waiting for was Jason coming out of the toilet. He's coming out of water somewhere (laughs) or the tub. You know, when, 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 when Tommy's going to either scrub up or take a leak. But, yeah, I know what you mean by... Uh, and a lot of people thought Tommy was going to be the next killer because he mm. is psychotic. And then, of course, in part six, we learn that he's still institutionalized. Yeah, I, well, I don't think that we that that's how it was meant to go. I just... Uh, initially, I think it probably maybe was going to be, you know, a, a time for Tommy to kind of carry things on. But I think it was so poorly received was this film that they had no option but to just kind of like, right, okay, let's let's create this uber Jason, uber zombie Jason, and uh, mm-hmm. take it from there and have some fun with it, some proper fun with it, um, rather than this kind of almost spoof-like feel that this film has. Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. Is it's when they f- they probably listened to not the critics because of course the critics are always just like it's it's a slasher movie it's uh, we don't like any of it but when you listen to your fan base and the fan base says where's jason just like where they say like where's freddie where's michael and you're you have 
<laughs> you gave that opportunity for to lose your audience, which actually means losing money. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna go back to the drawing board again. You'd be like, ah, uh, that's what that's what probably what mostly happened too in part three of, of Halloween season of the witch. They went off in a different direction. They're just like, where's Michael? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, we'll bring him back. They yeah. brought Jason back in part six, and it's one of the people's favorites. Yeah, yeah, no, for Don't. sure. And at the time, you know, when when I first saw part six, I thought this is just incredible. It was it was, it was straight away my favorite Friday film. I don't feel that way now about it, but I still do enjoy watching it. And I'm sure yeah. when we do part six, the two of us are going to have a lot of fun talking about that because it is a really, you know, it's a key entry into the franchise for sure. Yep polished and uh we'll, we'll we'll gush over it on our next recording of course <laughs> uh, but la- uh, ladies and gentlemen if you have if you like this show and you have any comments about part five because i know it's it's Polarizing. iffy with people it's it's yeah. it's yeah it's it's 50 50 with people either it's a good slasher or it's a good friday the 13th entry it's it's mixed. It's mixed. We want to hear your comments, and uh, actually, we also like to hear some suggestions on some future episodes. Uh, we're always open to, to suggestions, and uh, we take them very seriously, and we always have fun doing them. Um, Darren, any uh, closing uh, statements? No, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody for the continued support and words of encouragement, and you know, for the odd troll now and again. That's always fun as well. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah no we're we're well on our way to our goal of a thousand subscribers now which is so exciting and um you know frank and i are always talking about what we're going to bring next and uh we're, we're carrying on with this friday the 13th stuff but we will stick in odd ad hoc episodes in between just to kind of break it up um but yeah thank you everybody for all the, the help and su- support and if you haven't already like and subscribe that'd be great for us yep and as always stick to the roads and the best of luck (laughs) 